the Bible class time today will not be so much of a class, but an interview. Uh, interview. Uh, Dr. Hebert, one of your members here, is one of our friends. I've known him since December of 2001 when I moved up to the Detroit area. And he is a sociologist and a professor at Lipscomb, and he's going to be interviewing me about questions about, all right, now that we know where we came from, how did we get there, where are we going, what's our purpose, that sort of thing. And those are very good and important questions. Why is this church here? Why are any of us as individuals here? Those are the kind of questions that human beings ask and are designed to ask. Your, your goldfish doesn't ask this question. Your dog doesn't answer this question. You and I ask these kind of questions. Why are we here? What is our meaning? Why is anything here? Why did God make humankind? And these questions have been around forever. We, we have the standard answers. He made us in his image. And after making us, he walked with us in the garden. He arranged for our safety. He kept avenues opening between us. Even when we, we failed and we shut things down, he would set up the sacrifice system. He would set up some way for us to speak to him. And then there was Abraham. Abraham, in this wonderful story, in a city dedicated to the moon goddess whose name was Sin. It's hard to make that up, actually. In the headquarters of Sin, God approached a man that had not been known before. Now we're getting flickering. That's nice. <laughs> That's very, oh good, they're off. Um, by the way, if you didn't see flickering, I didn't either. Um, one, one never knows when the medication's not working. God came one day and pulled aside a man named Abram. Let's look at that in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. What an amazing story. You go into this, this city where nobody knows who God is, into the headquarters of the worship of the moon goddess and you find a man and you say I'm choosing you and we're going to work with you but you're going to need to leave this place and whoever blesses you I'll bless whoever curses you I'll bless in other words God's saying I'll take care of you but you've got to walk with me and thus begins our journey with God an act of incredible faith Abraham followed this new God walked with him became the foundation of a new nation and I hate to bring this up, but Abram was not a two-dimensional character. He was not a heroic figure all the time. Sometimes he was. But he was a real man with real faults. It would have made some of us wonder whether we should even go to church with this guy. But God picked him. He followed God. He allowed God to direct his steps. And that allowed the promise of God to become something more. A covenant between two parties. An agreement that we pledge our life and faith to, and he pledges his faith and power to. We know the story about Abraham almost sacrificing his son. God stopped him. It's, a, it's an uncomfortable story for us. The rabbis say that the, the tradition is that his son, was, Isaac, was actually 37 at the time, which actually would have made it a bit easier if he's still living at home, but uh, most of us look at this as uh, the words to mean an adolescent of some sort 
and that, as we said a few weeks ago, that drove Isaac, it seems, a bit farther down the pew from God. He never really engaged like his father and his, his son and all the others did. But one thing we didn't talk about was on that mountain range where God stopped Abraham from sacrificing Isaac would one day be built a city called Jerusalem and on that mountain would be sacrificed his son and nobody stopped it. God brought that story to us through Christ. God remained faithful through the years. He saw Abraham's children in Egypt. Moses led them out and at Mount Sinai, once again, God met them. But before the Ten Commandments were even given, God needed them to realize who they were. Your identity before God is important. So he says this in Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 8. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my commandments, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. And the people all responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. Notice what he says. God says, you saw what I did. That's important to our identity at Fourth Avenue Church of Christ right now in Williamson County and beyond in Uganda and Nicaragua. You saw what I did, he says. Only those who look for God and to God are to be included in the covenant. Only those who look to see what God is doing and then look to God as their source of, of strength are the ones he wants in this. God spends a lot of time in the Bible talking about where do you put your eyes? Our hearts are connected to our eyes. One leads the other and then vice versa. Isaiah made a covenant with God. He said, you know I've made a covenant not to put anything evil before my eyes. Paul talks about, he says, I, I wish that you would be ignorant of evil things. There are some things it would be best not to know. There are some things it would be best not to look into. This is God talking to us, saying, where do you put your eyes? It's God speaking to those who look for him and to him. He says, you were carried on eagle's wings. Now, that's an expression which has come to mean over the years, uh, rescue that the eagles have come to rescue us. But you might not know that in that region, there's a species of eagles that teaches their children how to fly by putting them on their backs. And they fly with the children until the children spread their wings and lift off the back, kind of like the space shuttle lifting off. We get a lot of our best ideas from animals. This is one of them. It's amazing. If you, if you understood how many engineering ideas come from insects, we learn from them. And we learn from the eagles here, you don't throw your children out, but rather parents, you teach them where to put their eyes. You teach them what to think about. Whenever trouble hits, what do you look at? 
What do you focus on? Do you remember the first time your kid ran in and there was blood? And it might have been a wee bit of blood, might have been a lot of blood. We're not talking about a spurter here. We're talking about just blood, right? And they're going, ha, ha, ha. And you start going, ha, 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 that doesn't help. Instead of looking at this and seeing all mortality in the world being flushed down the toilet, it might be best to think, huh, we have things to work on that. We can fix this. And start working on that instead. Where do you put your eyes? When you see the world, when you see the news, and you think, oh my goodness, it's all bad news, where do you put your eyes? Do you start thinking of solutions? Do you think, start thinking of, well, I can't really solve Middle East problems, but I can take care of my neighbor who needs a meal. I can take care of the person down the street who needs a backpack full of supplies. I can take care of that person today. Where do you put your eyes? God calls us to be his people, a nation. He says, if you obey me and keep covenant with me, and that's a, that's a consistent part of all covenants. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Now, where you can go wrong here is saying obeying the truth. We've got to find all the rules. God told us, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Just do what Jesus did. Just follow him. Listen to God whenever he shows a transfiguration with the law and the prophets and says, get your eyes off of them and look at Jesus. Listen to Jesus. God says, although the earth is mine, he says, I could choose anybody I want to. I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Brothers and sisters, this could only be called stunning. In all of history, priests are exalted people. In all nations, priests are exalted people. They have, now we have replaced in many societies our priests with new priests. And we, they're politicians or they, are, uh, they, they may be medical professionals. We do that in America. If you don't believe it, if you want healing now, you can't just go see the doctor, can you? Oh, no. You have to call for an appointment. And when your day of a, you know, arrives... You go, and you see the doctor. No, no, not at first. You have to go in and speak through a glass darkly to a representative who will then tell you the wait. No one knows when you will be called. And you enter the sphere of waiting, and all of a sudden a door will open, and it's a hallway of light, a tunnel, one might say, where somebody in blue will then call a name. It might be yours, and they float out while all other eyes are watching them. We won't be seeing them again. <laughs> the time comes for you, and you go into the room. Do you see the doctor then? No, no, no. You're not prepared. You must take off the clothes of sickness and put on the paper gown of embarrassment, and <laughs> you must sit on the cold table of surprise, and you must now wait for being in white to appear. And you must talk rapidly when that being comes because you, do, you want to win their favor. If you don't win their favor, you will not be healed. They are distracted. They have other things. You pray fervently when they come in. If you've won their favor, they will write on a sacred piece of paper you're not allowed to own in a language you cannot read. <laughs> and they will hand you that scroll 
You must now put on your clothes and leave that place and go to another and walk past the lawnmowers and detergent aisles and reach up to beings in blue who might dispense to you the healing for which you have long sought. You see what we've done here? We still exalt our priest. We've just exchanged priest. In America, right now, people are going nuts. Oh, you know, the, the, the royal child has turned one. That's quite the accomplishment. Most children don't. What? <laughs> if I remember correctly, you didn't want the royal family. What are you doing? We've exchanged a priest. God says, no, 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 no. You are the priest. Think about that for a minute. You couldn't in the old days just become a priest. It was a question of birth. It was a question of position. It was a question of training. But have you ever met a holy person? How did it feel? Now, think of looking out on the horizon and seeing hundreds of thousands of them. That's what God wants. Now, there is something here which could go unremarked, and that would be a mistake, even though the full ramifications of the thought might be beyond us, and that is this. The whole nation, all of them, were to act as mediators of God's grace to the nations of the earth. We miss that because we don't read much of the Old Testament because of the bad stories, and there are lots of those. But there are a lot of rules in the Old Testament about be kind to the stranger. Give them the rights you give a citizen. Teach them your ways. Don't let them go hungry. All of these that we, we tend to miss because we always go to the war stories. But remember, we are the mediators of God's grace. Because of Noah, the animals of the world were saved. Because if they had only found ten righteous people, Sodom and Gomorrah would have been saved. You might think, oh, I don't want it saved. God did but he couldn't even find 10 people. 10 people would have been enough to mediate the grace of God to Sodom and Gomorrah. Proverbs 14:34 says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation. Not through politics, but through acts of grace. Being the priest God says, do you remember Jesus said it this way? He said, be salt and light. Now, salt and light are known as positive forces in science. Now, what that means is, if they exist or if they do not exist in the equation, makes a difference. You cannot be neutral. Light is never neutral in an equation, neither is salt. Salt has an action upon the equation. If you don't know what I mean by that, I'll just put it a different way. You're not neutral about salt and light. You either want it or you don't. My mother-in-law, God bless her, always thought that I needed more light. And I'd be sitting there comfortably reading, and she'd come through saying, don't you want that lamp on? And I would say, no, it didn't matter. <laughs> she was going to reach in, and I'd get a tan. I don't know where she got those bulbs, but I'm pretty sure it was Chernobyl. <laughs> I, when she had left, I would turn them off and wait for an hour till my eyes got back. Light matters. Salt does too. They say, would you like some salt with your corn or green beans? You might want it. They say, you want some salt with your coffee? You're going to go, no. But you don't ever say, I don't much care either way. You have an opinion. When we enter an equation, we are to change it. 
was playing golf with a guy years and years ago. And he says, Where, what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a minister down this place. And he goes, oh, I know one of your members. He named him. He says, you probably think he's a nice guy. Well, I have several rules about listening to things like that. And that is, if you're not a member, you don't get to tell me. Because they are a member. They're my family. You don't ever come to me and say, oh, you think your mother's nice? Let me tell you something, buddy. Because next thing you know, you'll be talking to Jesus. I'll send you in love, but he started to talk, and I held up my hand, and I said, you're going to tell me that he acts different around me than he does around you, and he goes, yes. I said, he's supposed to. He got real quiet. I said, anytime I enter a place, it's supposed to change, and I said, that includes this. He left at the turn, didn't finish the game. Um, I think he was a little afraid. I don't mind. You see, we're supposed to change things. We're not supposed to walk by and say, isn't that horrible? We're supposed to stop and do something. We're not supposed to, when we see people say, well, I was burned out by church. I was burned out by church. Go, well, you know, I understand that happens a lot. We're the ones that are supposed to say, we've created a place for the burned out by church. If you wonder, we could build, as I said a few weeks ago, the largest church in Tennessee by just getting those hurt by other churches. Why not do it? Why not show them that we can be priests of God, a holy nation? The scripture talks about this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God, precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe the stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected Let's see, no, there we go, we just skipped it down. Those of you who not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. When I, have, I want to tell something to the visitors here that are sitting thinking, well, these people think very highly of themselves. We think that highly of you too. Because you're here, you're also chosen. Because you're here, you also receive mercy. Join us, do the work of the Lord with us. We are not higher than you. We are called just as you are called. God amazed Solomon when he said, build my temple, and Solomon says, you would live in a house of stone made by people? Well, now the people are the stones. We are the cairn builders. If you don't know what a cairn is, maybe you remember the end of Schindler's List when everybody came and they left a pebble by the, the grave. A cairn is where, as an act of remembrance, you, you leave a rock. 
and then others leave a rock there as an act of remembrance, and it grows into a tower of remembrance for a battle, for a fallen person, for an event. We are the cairn builders. We lay the stones. Not a lot of people leave, lay the stones, but everybody's blessed by them. Uh, not a lot of people put road signs out, but everybody's happy they're there. Every so often, I wish they'd add more that would say things like, those of you heading to Detroit are on the right road. That would be nice. We bring light. Everything is not a candle, but candles light up other things. Do not be depressed by the darkness. Be the light in the darkness. Do not be overwhelmed by darkness. Shine. Be the candle. Not everything is salt, but salt changes everything. We say, would you like a little bit of salt with all that food? We don't say, would you like a salt block? We're aware we're in the minority, but the minority always changes the world. The majority never does. It is always the minority. We don't raise these stones of remembrance to ourselves or that others will remember us, but rather we want them to look to Jesus. As Psalm 34 says, those who look to him are radiant, they shine. Peter then goes into a discussion of how this plays out in our world. We're to be submissive, realizing we're ambassadors of Christ. We're to show the world by the way we live who Christ is, what he says, how faith works in each and every situation in which we find ourselves. Two more passages from Peter as we begin to scroll this down today. Because if you think it's hot there, you're not under all of those. <laughs> Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, or its behave, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors or those that are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. I want to stop there for just a moment. I used to be an agnostic, if not an atheist. I still don't know which way really I was. But I, as I drove home yesterday from St. Louis for, after doing a youth rally, I passed several places that had hospitals on the side. Almost all of them had a cross where they would be called Lourdes or St. Francis or the First Baptist Hospital or whatever. You didn't see the first atheist hospital, the atheist children care center. We change the world by doing good. That's who we are. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Let's look at the next passage. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. Amen, church? Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable idolatry, they're surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. 
We're not judging them. We were them. And by the grace of God, we've been allowed to see something different. And then God says, now your responsibility is to treat them with respect, to treat them with love, to treat them with dignity, offer them mercy, and tell them their life can be more than what it is. But they will not come to us unless we love them more than anybody else loves them. Unless we serve them more than anybody else serves them. Is your daughter dating somebody you don't care for? Is your son enamored with somebody you don't like? Well, learn to love your son or your daughter more than the other person ever could because that's the only chance you've got. You already know saying, you, I forbid it. That doesn't work long. But out loving the other person works. You want to fill up the church? Love them more than the other churches can. You want to, you want to help the homeless? Love them so much they'd rather be with you than continue their life as it is. The word praises in Peter's book means self-declarations. In other words, we are the advertisements of God. We advertise his noble acts in history. We are the friends of God. The Celts, the Irish and the Scots, and the Scots, by the way, the, Scot, the name Scots comes from Scotia, which was an Irish tribe that came in. Uh, the Pecks and the Jules and Angles were already there. So there you are. Scotland and Ireland are, are pretty tied together. But they had words for the missionaries that came because the missionaries that came didn't just start churches. They birthed babies. They dug latrines. They helped people stay healthy. They gave them food. They taught them how to farm. They taught them how to, make, uh, how to help their babies survive. They gave them instruction in life and shone among them. Shone. I don't know how to say that in American English. Uh, shand. How's that? Um, <laughs> I, they were lit up. How do you say it? Anyway, they shone with the light of the grace of God to the point where the, the Celtic people called them the Kaladi, the friends of God. They called them the Frithaweb, the friendship weavers. They called them the light bringers. They called them the arms of God. Wouldn't you like to be known as those things? The ambassadors of God. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Who are we? We are a holy nation. We are God's advertisements on this earth. I'm going to ask you to stand, and Joey, would you bring your team back up, please? I'll give an admonition. The team will sing one more song, and then we will be dismissed. And I would tell you to run outside where it's cooler, but it isn't. <laughs> the benediction today, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift they have to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. And if anyone speaks, let them speak as if speaking the very words of God, 
If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Be the light bringers, the friendship weavers. Be the priest of our holy God. Be the stone raisers, the memory builders. Show them the grace of God by your faithfulness to your calling. As priest in his holy nation, shine.